Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your host for this episode of the show, and the Chief Lounge Lizard. Today we have a confusing, or some might say puzzling, topic for you, because we're going to be talking all about puzzle games. Now, puzzle games are loved by some, hated by others, and feared by many. They've been a staple in the industry for as long as the industry has been around, and we have got three people that have been in the puzzle genre, solved many, many puzzles, canoodled their way through these games, both adventure games and puzzle games, and we're going to try to figure out what makes these games so popular. Let's start with Greg Crow. Welcome to the lounge, Greg. Greg is the genius of GCN. He solved Mist in four hours and Riven fell in eight. He's come a long way since he got a bean from Don't Spill the Bean stuck in his nose as a kid. So, Greg, welcome to the lounge today. Well, hello, John. Yes. I have come a long way. That was a long, long time ago. It was. It was. And now I freely admit that you were smarter than all of us. <laughs> we also have all the way from England, we have Shella. Shella is our European correspondent and a regular guest on the lounge. Shella, you're quite the lounge lizard. I think you've been in almost every show. Yeah, I'm feeling very reptilian. <laughs> well, that's cool. We're, we're always glad to have you in the lounge. And, and Shelly has her own uh, fan base. Uh, whenever we have a show that doesn't have Shella, everybody's like, where is Shella? So, <laughs> so she's here. There's no accounting for taste, I guess. <laughs> she is here. Now, now Shella, as far as the puzzle elements and the puzzle genre, Shella's more of an adventure gamer. But as anyone who's adventure, an adventure gamer knows, one of the key elements in most adventure games is... Puzzles, whether they are hardcore, you know, try to put this puzzle together, or they are more like finding a silk scarf to barb the bar, bribe the barman, uh, they are in just about every game. So Shell is going to tell us about some of the cool puzzle elements that she's run into in the adventure game genre. So Shell is looking at the past. For the future, we have James Maddox. James Maddox, I won't say, James, that you're our Wii reviewer because you do some other things too, but you've been looking at a lot of Wii games in the past and, and including a lot of Wii games that are pure puzzle games. So Yeah, they're puzzle based. So um, we're we're very curious to find out what how the Wii is doing it, if the Wii brings anything to the puzzle genre, if the Wii makes puzzle games worse somehow. So that'll be your that'll be your <laughs> bailiwick. But I want to start with Greg since he is the undisputed puzzle champion of the world. And Greg, uh, you know, of the world. In the in the <laughs> intro I said that some people love puzzle games, others hate them, and a lot of people fear them, and I think that's true more than any other genre. Except maybe shooters, people kind of feel weird, uh, scared to play shooters because they think they'll just get killed. But a lot of people, myself included, are very afraid to pick up a puzzle game because we think that we're going to just feel stupid and be bored. What about puzzle games do you like so much? Well, I like puzzle games, one, because they're internally consistent. There is a lot, there's always a logic there that you can overcome if you apply certain areas of your brain um, and try to, um, um, you know, defeat the the logic of the game. Um, I also like it because it, it is probably the only genre of computer games where you can imagine yourself 
directly competing with the person who developed the game. Oh. In a, in a shooter, you cannot, you know, you, you don't ever imagine that you're a better shot than the person who made the shooter. <laughs> but in a puzzle game, you are essentially one-on-one with the people who developed the game, or one-on-many, I guess, with the people who developed the game in a battle of wits with them to try to solve their puzzles that they have created for you. Excellent. Now, the internal logic is interesting. Now, when you say internal logic, I assume you you mean like the pure puzzle game. Like, like for example, I would say Myst would probably be a pure puzzle game. I mean, there was a plot, but it was basically walk around and solve a lot of puzzles. And you're saying that each one of those puzzles makes sense to you and has rules and you can solve it. Once you discover what the rules are and what the logic is, you can consistently beat it by um, applying your skills against the the logic that you have discovered. Now, compare that to, say, what Shella plays, the adventure games. Sometimes, Shella, I, I know you've run into games that are adventure games with puzzle elements where the mm-hmm. the adventure game doesn't really have that internal consistency. You're, you're like, well, why didn't this person just talk to this person? And it, it sort of throws you out of the out of the internal logic of the game, I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, although, going back to what Greg said about um, feeling sort of the presence of the, the creator of the game, I have to say that if a game is done really well, um, I think it was Tomb Raider 2, it might have been the original Tomb Raider, um, where there was the Midas hand and you see this giant stone hand in a room, you run in, you jump on the hand and you turn slowly to gold. <laughs> okay. And at that point, you're like, that is so cool because the person who created <laughs> that knew that if there's a giant hand in a room, you're going to run up and jump on it because it's just something to jump on. <laughs> and it, you just felt that real connection with the person who you'd created. And sometimes you, you got that in the original Tomb Raider games. And um, in a good adventure puzzle game, you will get that um, exact same thing that you were um, describing, Greg. But in terms of the logic, uh, yeah, maybe not. Excellent. Yeah, not so, the same it seems that with... sometimes it just becomes a device and, you know, kind of a kitchen yeah. device too. Inter- yeah. Interesting. I I I never really considered the one-on-one versus the versus the creator type of thing. I mean, I, I like I say I don't play puzzle yeah. games, so I've never really thought of that. And then Michelle brings up a good point that sometimes you do get that in games where you're like, that's pretty cool. And it's just the best feeling ever where you've just got that connection. They they knew that you do that and and it's just brilliant. And speaking of brilliance, the Gin Lounge this week is sponsored by our friends over at Viva Media. If you look at the top of the page, if you're listening to this locally, there is a big yellow banner for their Play Ultimate Casual Game Collection. They are offering that to us and to all of you listeners for a special price because they're so nice. Uh, it is a huge collection of games. I mean, I looked at each individual one of these games on Amazon.com, and each one was selling for like 6 or $7.00. They put like 20 games in this collection, this play collection. I'm just going to read them off to you. Some of them you probably are familiar with. Uh, inside the play collection is Treasure Masters, Natalie Brooks, Alabama Smith, Supermarket Mania, Beach Party Craze, Farm Frenzy 2, Magic Encyclopedia, Pet Show Craze, Fashion Craze, lots of crazes, Stand O Food, Mystery Cookbook, Curse of Montezuma, Alex Gordon, Turtix, Jewel Quest, Sheep's Quest, 
And last but last least, Fruit Locker 2. I mean, this is just a huge collection of games. Um, if you are listening to this through us on iTunes and you're not locally on the page so you can't click on the special yellow banner, you can go to www.viva dash media.com that's v-i-v-a dash m-e-d-i-a dot com and it's right there on their homepage for a very limited time only they are taking the price of that collection from twenty dollars to fourteen ninety nine so get it while you can it's it's worth every penny it's it's a great deal i uh will probably be getting picking up my copy after the show actually a lot of cool stuff in there so, uh, Greg, how how do you define? You're the puzzle master. How do you define a puzzle game? It's been pretty broadly defined lately. With uh, adventure games, are trying to get in there and call themselves puzzle games, and uh, just just it's kind of been all over the board. What, what do you see? What is a puzzle game? Well, the genre definitions have always been kind of blurry for many of the genres. Um, arguably, almost any game out there has some puzzle game elements. Um, for instance, a uh, uh, Guitar Hero. Okay. Game. Really? There, there, I've said it. <laughs> yes, it's based on one of the mechanics. <laughs> one of the mechanics. The the symbols coming at you on a conveyor belt, and you hit the button at the right time, is based exactly upon an old Atari puzzle game that came out in 1989 called Clax that nobody knows about except for me, and <laughs> that is why Guitar Hero is a puzzle game. However, yeah. see. I'll, I'll change the genre immediately on the Jin uh, review page. Yeah. <laughs> yes, good. No. Here's why it's not really a puzzle game, even though it has puzzle game elements. Okay. It is um, a puzzle game will advance where you've discovered different things that you can do as time goes on, whether this is in the context of a, uh, of a storyline in an adventure or just when you're unlocking levels, you get new abilities or new challenges or or so forth. Uh, a, an arcade game like Guitar Hero shows you the internal logic and the rules, and essentially that's what you have. You, you play with that completely through the game. You play with that completely through the game. The only difference is sometimes they give you more of them and faster, and you have to use more buttons. Which you know, which is a skill level setting, mm-hmm. um, more than a more than a a, prog- a progression through um, the the puzzles of the game. Um, the reason a lot of adventure games are not puzzle games um, and merely adventure games is there there aren't puzzles in your way. There there's no there's no um, way to, things to solve that require internal logic and consistency and have a concrete goal. Sometimes you have to discover all of these through the context of the game. Sometimes there's, they're written out in the in the, hand, the rule book for you. But unless you have uh, these obstacles that have these elements in there, an adventure game isn't a puzzle adventure game. Well, with your with your definition, where would you put something like uh, Bejeweled and Luxor, which most people define as a puzzle game, right? Yes, but Bejeweled is um, a lot more like Guitar Hero in that you have you you know the rules starting off, and you have you you use the in, the same internal logic and the same cons- the, the same thing to reach the same goal over and over again. Okay. Which makes it more of an arcade-like game. Obviously, 
I'm not arguing that it's not also a puzzle game because <laughs> it has puzzle game elements as well, such as, you know, the, the, the in, internal, um, the, the logic that you have to discover and the rules that you have to overcome um, to get to the goal that you need to get to. Now, yeah, but, you're, I'm sorry, go ahead. But, but it is more of an arcade game, in my opinion. What I was going to say is there's a game that you're reviewing right now, which the name escapes me, but I'm sure you know what it's called. <laughs> uh, Paradise Quest. Paradise Quest. Now, that sort of has both elements. Would you consider well, – maybe you should explain how Paradise Quest works, and then, and then would you consider that a puzzle game? Paradise Quest is a match-three game like Bejeweled. Mm-hmm. And all of the clones that the, that the, the idea of Bejeweled spawned. Um, however, it takes it to uh, a, in a different direction. Um, it does give you a little bit of backstory about the character that you're supposedly playing. Um, in order to um, solve the um, the mysteries of this island that you're trying to restore, you know, from an ecological standpoint, so it's very PC and green, <laughs> um, you have to play these levels of essentially bejeweled with different symbols. Obviously, they can't have jewels there or else, you know, PopCap would get them. Right. Uh, but uh, you are trying to do different things in, in these levels, and once you, once you, accomplished each of these levels you get resource points that allow you to buy uh water and plant features that you know that you can place back onto this devastated island of the galapagos i don't even know how someone (laughs) managed to get to the galapagos and strip mine it i think they have fences around most of those islands (laughs) i would think so But uh, but at any rate, uh, you, you as you get these land features and so forth, you, you attract certain species of animals, and you can go into the various regions of the island and actually take a sort of a camera site and photograph the new animals as it because so it becomes more of more of a you know, this is why it is so uh, very different from bejeweled, uh, a basic bejeweled game, because you do have that mechanic in there, but you have all these other things to distract your attention. And so, so Greg, and if you had to call it puzzle or not a puzzle game? Oh, good lord! Um, well, um, because it has different kinds of. Uh, um, Systems that uh, are each in of themselves a puzzle. I will have to say puzzle game. <laughs> okay, all right. Because what about it, an arcade something... game usually has one kind of puzzle. What about something like Pikmin? Is that a puzzle game? Hmm. Well, I haven't really played that, so I'm not really sure. So probably not. Really, <laughs> Greg has. <laughs> so the definition is if Greg hasn't played <laughs> his puzzle game. It's a pretty good definition. They should call you an ad. Play this yeah. one. Nope, not a puzzle. I mean, it makes it crystal clear, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, that would be a defining line, at least. But uh, <laughs> I, people I don't would be us. Like gray area is over. <laughs> There are games out there that I haven't played, uh, despite what John tells you. <laughs> People would be trying to slide in puzzle games in the restroom so they can say, oh, Greg played it. Yeah, I saw him pick it up. <laughs> puzzle game. Here's it's my demo. Uh, which brings up a controversy, actually. The game of the year, as voted on by 100,000 uh, Jin readers, was Tower Def- uh, was Defense Grid The Awakening, which is a tower defense game. 
there were people that wrote in and threw tomatoes and so forth and said that they did not think that should win as the puzzle game. Uh, even though what's the song a hundred Frenchmen can't be wrong or whatever. We had a hundred thousand gin readers that said that that was, was their puzzle game of the year, but was it actually a puzzle game? Any, any of you can answer Greg, what do you think? Well, uh, having actually played that one, um, I can say that it has more real time strategy elements than almost any other, than, than any elements of any other genre. Um, it has, uh, uh, you have a resource pool that that periodically um, refreshes, and you can buy certain enhancements that allow you to, uh, you know, build up your defenses, and and through that you are allow you are able to defeat the enemies that come at you. I see. See, here's how. Here's why I think it's a puzzle game. And again, I am not a puzzle gamer, and I did like this game. So maybe it's not a puzzle game. But if you, if you forgive me that logic. There are, in each level, say there's a hundred aliens that try to get to your power core. Those aliens always come at you in the same order every time. The first five are flyers. The six, the, the next five are gonna be, uh, flyer, or runners, or something like that. You have to build, ta- see to me that's the puzzle, that these hundred aliens are trying to get from point A to point B, and the puzzle is to not let them do that. You can build different towers, and if you find a solution that stops those hundred aliens from getting to their goal, then you've solved that puzzle. You can play that game a hundred times and use the exact same strategy and win a hundred times. That's what differentiates it for me from real-time strategy, like Company of Heroes, where I play a map and then I'll play it again and the AI, and the AI will do something completely different and unexpected and fool me. Uh, I, I will have to actually agree with you there. I will cede that point. <laughs> oh, wow. Which is because because there is no AI behind it changing it up on you and and trying to perform the best that it can based upon what you have already done mm-hmm. uh, it, it it lacks that real-time strategy element oh excellent can't be a completely considered real-time strategy game excellent i don't think i've ever had you concede a point to me i'm writing this day down <laughs> well they... we were here we're witnesses <laughs> now now Shella, you're more of an adventure gamer so i don't i don't want to leave i don't want to leave you out of the mix and and a lot of adventure games were popular in the early days of computers i mean the first few games that came out that were popular were, were adventure games what were some of the puzzle elements, and I know you love these adventure games. Did you like the adventure games because of the puzzle elements, or were there puzzle elements that stand out in your mind when you solved a puzzle and you were like, that was really cool and that's why I really like this adventure game? Yeah, that was basically it. Um, you got to play a game and use your brain at the same time. That was pretty cool. It was basically like um, a gaming equivalent of a crossword or something. <laughs> Um, and you could, because, you know, if you do a crossword in a certain newspaper, you get to know that crossword creator and you get to, you know, figure out their clues and um, how to answer it. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. If you play, if you do crosswords a lot, you can, yeah, get into their mindset. Um, just like Greg was saying earlier, um, with a logic puzzle, if you, um, get into it, uh, you can pretty much solve it. And um, the point and clicks, the original point and clicks, yeah, I mean, they were kind of a revelation when I found those. Um, (laughs) 
because it wasn't the arcadey because up until then it was just you know you get a pattern of things to shoot or jump like a, over like a space or, invaders or a pitfall or something like that yeah exactly and yeah they were fun but this was much more scope um <laughs> in terms of um just using your brain basically and the sort of cleverness of them as well um, yeah, I remember. Uh, I, I mean, one of my favorite ones was based on the game uh, Blade. Well, based on the movie Blade Runner. That was a great adventure game. Oh, yes. And if you remember the, which was really kind of a cool puzzle element, you didn't know which characters were replicants and which characters were humans, mm. and it was randomly generated at the beginning of every game. And in fact, you as the player could be a replicant in the game. And as you went through and got clues, you figured out who was a replicant and who wasn't, and the game changed mm. based on it. And I, I thought that was kind of clever. That was kind of like an overarching puzzle game on top of yeah. an adventure game. It was. It, I really enjoyed that a lot. I mean, yeah. any anything that has to do with Blade Runner is pretty cool, probably, anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> but James, um, so Shella was talking about a little bit of the the old school stuff. Now, James, I know you've been doing a lot of the Wii reviews, and it seems like the Wii is trying to become like you know I don't know they've cornered the market on fitness. Maybe they're moving into cerebral <laughs> fitness. <laughs> so so what well, are you what are you seeing on the Wii in terms of puzzle elements? Unfortunately, I mean there are some games that you know really kind of caught my eye and you know made me play. On an ongoing basis, uh, Mar- Marble Mania, I think it was. Oh, okay. That, that game was just fantastic, you know. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the Wii seems to be using a lot of puzzle games as excuses to kind of put on, uh, I guess you'd say, physics experiments. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, games like games like Jenga and. Uh, you know, Rubik's World. R- Rubik's World wasn't completely bad, but Jenga just kind of made me want to hurt someone. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, it, it was just it was just sloppy and tiresome. And I think you know, a lot of people, or at least you know, some people think a lot of people aren't aren't really paying attention to this genre of gaming as closely as they would, you know, some of the bigger titles that are selling a lot more, so they figure that, you know, they they can just kind of slack off. And that that hurts the genre overall. So are you saying like uh, like with Jenga, with Jenga and some of these other games, adding the physics element in and I suppose also using the Wii remote to, you know, pull pull out tiles and things like that, and they they put those elements in to kind of up their cool factor, but then they sort of are dropping the ball with just making a solid game that works. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I said, you know, it's like they're trying something out for the first time and not refining it well enough, and then just putting it on the shelves. Could the Wii platform be a really cool platform for puzzle games if they got their act together? I don't know because you know, there's this whole thing where they're they're using. Uh, actual puzzles that are out there in the real world. I mean, are you going to go buy a $40 Jenga game, you know, or are you just going to go buy a couple of blocks, you know, for Jenga? <laughs> I see. I see. That makes personally, sense. Personally, you know, I would rather, I, and I did, uh, I could do the Rubik's Cube, you know, in my hands, but doing it on the Wii is just, you know, a headache. <laughs> and a lot more expensive for your troubles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it... it it could possibly if they figured out how to do it right and then you know like i said rubik's world 
they they had the the Rubik's cube that you could work out, and then they went on and had you know a few extra puzzles games, just a mini games, just to throw in there, and that was kind of cool. That was certainly moving in the right direction, but you know just simply having a game, a puzzle game, it's just not worth it. Yeah. One of the Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going Please. to mention, wasn't it Echochrome that was on the PSP? The one that looked like a sort of Asher drawing of like staircases and <laughs> it was just like a three-dimensional frame. Yeah, would, yeah. I mean, that was amazing. That was, I, I, I totally forgot about that. That was a really good game. Yeah. Well, um, and that, that really was a crowning jewel on the on the PSP. I mean, the PSP hasn't had a whole lot of really cool no. titles. Yeah. And for and of all the things that's on the PSP, you wouldn't think it would be, you know, because you can watch movies and blah de blah, and you can get <laughs> GTA and whatever. And but that great puzzle game was, I think it was one of the crown jewels of. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing when somebody does it really well, you know. Exactly. It's something that people rave about for years. Yeah, because so. it's the simplicity that is kind of beautiful in a good yeah. puzzle game, isn't I, it? I always kind of always kind of made jokes that you could get a kid, you know, the most intricate tech savvy toy in the world, but you know, sit them down with a hula hoop or a ball or something like that, and yeah, they enjoy exactly. it. Yeah. Well, do you do you think? Because the the I had one more question uh, for the longest time. I mean, for years, years and years and years, the number one selling game for the entire industry was Myst. Um, yeah. Now, whoa, so obviously, Myst is a puzzle game. I think even Greg would agree with that by his by his definition. Yeah, puzzle adventure game, but yes, more puzzle than adventure. <laughs> okay, okay, it's like a ninety ten. Um, what what was the secret of Mist? Why why was why was Mist such such a raving thing where it sold millions and millions of copies? I mean, I look at Mist and I was pretty bored with it myself. And all these games that came out since then, I mean, it's it's since been beaten by by other games, you know, shooters and things like that. But I'm talking for years, it was number one. What what, a, what about Mist was so was so great that everybody liked and and kept buying apparently? If I may. Yes, Greg. Um, yes, well. There are um, what I like to call three aha moments uh, when solving puzzles in a puzzle game. Um, the first aha moment is discovering that it's, in fact, a puzzle that is sitting right before you. And the second aha moment is figuring out how the puzzle works. And the third, of course, is the um, solving of the puzzle. Mist seamlessly integrated all three of those aha moments into all of their puzzles, Okay. It, to the point where it, you were constantly walking around, you know, saying, "Oh, how is this going to be a puzzle?" And you were, it was, mm. it was very exciting. <laughs> I, I would have to say. And it looked beautiful at the time. Oh, yes. I yes, mean, because it, it was basically like going through the looking glass or something, wasn't it? You were in this mysterious world, and um, yeah, it was stunning. With a mysterious backstory that you were discovering yeah, bit by bit. Yeah. Yes. You basically were Alice in Wonderland, weren't you, kind of thing. Exactly. And I wanted to add, my theory was that it was also very easy to play, so people that don't usually play video games could get into it and walk around and at least have some of those aha moments. Hey, this is a puzzle I found. And I think where Riven wasn't nearly as popular was because they ratcheted up the difficulty too much to the point where the casual gamer really wasn't welcome anymore. Mm. 
also they inserted far too many extraneous roller coaster rides that were totally um, unnecessary to the enjoyment of the game. Which, uh, at the time, based on the technology, also required you to switch discs in the middle of your roller coaster rides. John, I, I, I don't think it would be a, a, an episode on puzzle games unless we mentioned the granddaddy of all puzzle games, Tetris. Uh, started in 1985, it was uh, uh, an instant phenomenon uh, that came out of a, a Russian Polytechnic Institute, and uh, it has been on more platforms, more developers, and has been ported world record number of times to all sorts of different uh, uh, sorts of styles and, and uh, venues. And uh, w- without Tetris, there would not be a lot of other uh, puzzle games in the universe. Excellent. When you said granddaddy of all puzzle adventure game or puzzle games, I, I thought you were talking about Leisure Suit Larry. So I was I was <laughs> going a totally different way. Because you know you did a whole lot of work and that guy never got to the goal, so to speak. I hated that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, all I can say is Tetris has kept me has invaded my dreams. Have you had the Tetris dream that just goes on and yes. on all night? Oh, the, yeah. the one where you're playing Tetris in your underwear. <laughs> no, just different dream. That's just your special dream. Oh. Yeah. All right, because yeah, and once again, you know, Tetris goes back to that simplicity rule. That is yeah, true. Exactly. Very accessible. Uh, it's just awesome. Yeah, the rules are there. They're in front of you. It takes you two seconds to learn them, and off you go. Okay, I think we've gotten to – I think we've explored puzzle games. Um, Maybe I will try to start playing some more puzzle games. I'm definitely going to pick up the the Viva Media title for 14 bucks because, oh, my God, there's so many puzzle games in there. And there are different kinds of puzzle games, too. There's, there's, you know, build your own fashion, run your your own – your own food stand, and then there's also adventure games like we were talking about, like Greg would call them puzzle adventure games. So so everybody uh, give that a try, the Play uh, Ultimate Casual Game Collection. It's a lot of fun. And thank you to my guests, uh, Shella and Greg and James. Until next time – oh, if anyone wants to participate in the lounge and let us know about your favorite puzzle games, you can do so by sending an email to ginlounge at gameindustry.com. We would love to hear from you, and we may even read your comments on the air if they don't contain too many curse words. (laughs) Until next time, we hope that all of your games are puzzling, unless, of course, you're not playing a puzzle game. (laughs) 